This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. We've got the tournament future market sewn up. If you haven't watched the podcast or listened to the podcast or watched the show, download it. Myself and Sean have gone through the outright markets, but now our senior ATB Tour handicapper, Sean Calvert, joins me yet again to break down the first round matches at Wimbledon. Now, I've just spoken to Sean uh, before we record. He, he cannot wait. He's excited. He's bursting at the... He can't believe it. He's got. He spent hours preparing for this. He's, he's got the best well, bets. He's got the best bets he can find. Sean, before we go on to the bets, yeah, it's hard work, isn't it? First round of a major, sixty-four matches on the men's draw, sixty-four matches it on is, the women's yeah. draw. You've got to grind all those different markets that Bet Rivers have. It's hard work, isn't it? It really is, and we haven't got long to do it, have we? Because you know the markets they don't really come out until probably quite late on the sort of Friday, Friday evening, Friday night, um, and then as you say, sixty-four matches as. I think Bet Rivers offer at least 30 to 35 or so markets per match. Um, you know, you can probably do the maths on that. It's a <laughs> quite a lot, a lot. of markets. <laughs> it's a lot of markets. And it it does, it does. I've said this before in majors, you know, you it, you end up, you know, choosing five or six. And, you know, it's, it's, you think, well, oh, maybe I should have put that one in or, you know, it, it, mm. it's almost, you almost have too much choice, don't you? That's, 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 that's all bottom line. But, um, yeah, it's great fun trying to trying to trying to work out the best angles from you know thousands of markets. You know, it, it is it is difficult, but you know that's 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 what we're here to do. You've been doing this a long time, as myself. You know, we we've, we've been in the game for many years now. Do you think it's easier now? Or do you think it's a lot harder now to find big big value in the first round, especially at Wimbledon, where years ago I used to find there was a lot more value on on players who who were much more traditional on the, on the grass compared to what it's now. Now it's I, I seem to find it a little bit harder. I think it is harder. Um... I think the layers are doing their job a little bit better, uh, if I'm being honest. And um, yeah, the, the the conditions make it difficult as well because it's not it's not as I said in the other podcast, the preview of the outright. It's not a quick it's not quick conditions here at Wimbledon. In the old days, I think it was a bit easier because you knew it was going to be really quick. You knew the big servers were going to do what they do. Um, now I think it's 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 more difficult because it is slower. You don't have that sort of automatic mindset that yeah, it's quick, so that's going to be a tiebreak or that's you know he's going to win on the handicap or, or the, all that sort of stuff. I think it's, I think it's a lot tougher now than it was sort of 10, 15 years ago. I'd say, yeah. Despite all that, it's a lot tougher. Sean is still making a substantial profit for us here on the, the podcast. Twenty three point seven one units up so far this year, so can't be all that bad. We're in profit and looking good going into Wimbledon. Uh, check out the podcast with myself and Sean. We look at the outright markets. We've got a couple of each way picks that are very fancy prices. But this today's show is all about the first round matches. And the first round matches are across Monday and Tuesday. The order players just come out. 
Uh, I haven't actually looked at it in depth, but the order of play has come out. So we do know the matches on the first uh, day. I think it's in the bottom half of the draw, the first round on Monday, and the top half of the draw is on the Tuesday. So check out the uh, the order of play. Check the Betters website out, obviously, for the timings of these matches. So we've selected five matches. You know, there is a multitude of different markets and multitude of different uh, games Oh, it's for you to choose from on the Bet Rivers website. But for this purposes, we've just found that five matches and five picks that, uh, or matches of attack or angles that Sean likes. Uh, the first match we're going to talk out about is quite an interesting one. Two big, big servers, uh, Milos Raonic. We haven't got many big servers in the game of tennis anymore, but these two are very big servers. Milos Raonic, uh, former finalist here at Wimbledon, minus 157 on his comeback up against Denis Novak. Now, Dennis Novak is a journeyman, but he does okay on the grass. Uh, and he's here at Wimbledon after coming through qualifying. Plus 128 for Novak. The spread here is minus two and a half with Ryanich minus 107. And Novak receiving a two and a half start at minus 120. And the totals here are 41 and a half. Long gone. Years ago, totals at Wimbledon used to be 36 and a half, 37 and a half. You'll see the common trend here that the totals are a lot higher than they have been in recent years. Um, Ryanich. Beaten finalist before, big, big serve, likes it on the grass, but hasn't played much tennis and uh, got a long way to go to find those levels, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's an understatement to say he hasn't played much, has he? He's played uh, two matches in two years. Um, came same back me. Played... <laughs> I think he's played at a slightly higher level, if, yeah, we're, yeah. if we're being honest. Um, yeah, he's, he, he won the first match of his comeback really well, actually, against um, Kekmanovic. Then lost his very next match in straight sets to Jordan Thompson. Then he pulled out a Queen's club um, with a shoulder injury. So after after two matches of his comeback, he's, he's already injured. I just wonder how he's going to get through a long four or five set match based on the fact that he's barely played at all in the last two years. I remember when these two played um, at Wimbledon the previous time. I think it was 2018 when Raonic was in his prime back in those days. And he was a minus 1250 chance to beat um Novak and Novak actually had the better of the first three sets. It got to, I think it was a set all, and, f- and Novak was serving at 5 6 in the third set. And he was, to use a cricketing term, he was offered the light because it was getting really dark. And I think he said he had contact lenses and he didn't want to, he didn't want to carry on because he couldn't, couldn't see particularly well. So he opted to go off and come back the next day. And he came back the next day, he got broken straight away and barely won another game. So he kind of lost his chance. To, to take a two sets to one lead um, against Raonic. And that was that was when Raonic was, as I say, back in his pomp in, in 2018, you know. Um, this is this is just about Raonic not being fit. I mean, I just don't see how he's going to last a long four, potentially five sets against, um, against Novak, who loves the big stage, by the way. Novak, you know, I know he plays a lot of his career in challenger levels and stuff, but when he does come on the big stage, he, he, you know, he enjoys it. He's, he's a flashy kind of guy. He loves He loves all that stuff. Qualified really well, beat Watanuki, who who himself impressed this grass swing. Should have beaten her cash in Stuttgart. Um, so that's a really, really good win for Novak. Grass isn't his, generally speaking, his favourite service, but he has shown up well, up well um, on the grass at Wimbledon um, over the years. Really good win over Watanuki. So obviously in form, obviously got his grass shoes on. Um, and the other important factor here is that Bet Rivers will pay out if one once one set is complete. So the match doesn't have to complete if Raonic retires, which is a distinct possibility if it goes to sort of, you know, long sort of four sets or whatever, um, then you still get paid on Novak. So I don't mind taking a chance there around about plus uh, 128 with Bet Rivers on the underdog here. 
Yeah, plus money 28. Dennis Novak up against Milos Raonic. Uh, could be an early start around about 7 o'clock, I'm guessing, Eastern time. Check the Bivers website. We think this match will be on Tuesday, but I'm not 100% sure on the order of play. So it's either going to be Monday or Tuesday, but we're going to go for the underdog. Dennis Novak at plus 128 to be Milos Raonic. He's come back from injury, long year, two years, two matches in, he's injured again. Uh, next match, Herbert Herkash. We mentioned him just there. Uh, he's up against Albert Ramos. Uh, Herbert Herkash was a player last year. When we started doing these podcasts, I actually picked for Wimbledon. I thought he had a chance of winning Wimbledon. He was 40 to 1 to win Wimbledon. He got beat in round one. Uh, he's but he very, won Haller, didn't he? He was good on grass yeah, last year. Very good. And then he got beat the opening round. I can't remember he got beaten, but it was. It was I think it was Davidovich for Keener, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it was an epic match. It was a long, long game. And he, 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 he definitely lost to Davidovich in one of the majors. I, can't, I think it might yeah, have been Wimbledon. I think it was. But he's a heavy favourite this time to uh, to go one better than he did last year. Minus 14.30, though, is the price you've got to pay for Hubert Herkash. Uh, Albert Ramos Vinolis, uh, the clay court specialist, really, is plus 8.50. The spread here is 6.5, which does seem quite high when you consider Herbert Harkash's uh, returning stats, his, his acing and his, his holder serve stats are great. I'm sure Sean's going to come on to that in a minute. And the overs here are 33 and a half. The pair have met twice before and it's 2-0 to Herkash, um, both in 2022, one on the fast courts of Montreal, which was a tight match, and the other one on the clay in Monte Carlo. Um, if he's beaten the Spaniards on clay in Monte Carlo, you would suggest that Herkash is a, is a decent favourite here, but minus 14.30, it does seem a little bit uh, generous to say the least. But over, you know, for, to for, for Ramos here at plus eight fifty. Yeah, I think Hercash will win, but again with Hercash, it's about the side markets really. The two matches that you mentioned there both played last year. Um, the one on hard courts ended up in a final set tiebreak, and the one on clay was a first set tiebreak. So you know, <laughs> typical Hercash, um, struggling to break serve. Really, really struggling to break serve so far this season, generally, and and particularly this grass wing. He's only won thirty percent of his return points, and he's broken serve nine point seven percent of the time, which is nowhere near good enough to to sort of be competing at the the business end of these sort of tournaments. Um, Herkash hit twenty three aces that day when he played in when he played um, Ramos in Toronto, and still only won it in a final set tiebreak. Now Ramos has lost his last fifteen sets in a row at Wimbledon which is why you're getting that big price on him. I don't think he's going to win the match by any means, but of of the recent matches that he's played at Wimbledon, he's played an opening set tiebreak in four of his last five at Wimbledon. Another one went to 7-5. He tends to he tends to get as far as tiebreaks and then kind of fade away. I think last last year in the first round, I think he played I think he went 7-6 7-6 against Casper Ruud. Um lost both those tiebreaks and kind of faded away. So that's that's generally what he does. When I watched him last week in Mallorca against Rinderkinesh, again, 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. That's what he tends to do. He holds well enough, um, gets as far as a tiebreak, and then that's kind of him. That's him done, generally speaking. Um, so perfectly happy to take a, over 12 and a half games in set one here with Bet Rivers at uh, plus 235, bearing in mind her cash has struggled generally to break. He struggled to break Ramos on a hard court and at a clay court. And as I said, Ramos tends to play... Um, tends to be competitive earlier on and then fade away slightly after that. So, yeah, over 12 and a half uh, in set one for me here, plus uh, 235. What a great bet that is. Uh, Tiebreak in the opening set, plus 235. Hubert Herkash and Albert Ramos. Uh, it's happened before, and we think it may happen again. Uh, the next match is an interesting one as far as I can see. Botic van der Sandrup, uh, 
A player is really struggling for confidence. Hasn't won a match since April. We got to the final. Where did he get to the final? He got to the final in Germany. Munich. Some Munich yeah. got to the final, in, and then he hasn't won a match. He uh, hasn't won one game, one match on clay uh, on grass this season. He's played two matches. He lost them both. He's up again. Zhang here is plus one twenty eight. Bought it down the championship is minus one fifty nine. Really disappointing last week at Eastbourne. A match that I watched. Uh, Zhang plus one twenty eight here. The spread again is two and a half. It's a pickums kind of thing on two and a half minus one twelve. For Van der Sandtrup, giving up two and a half plus two and a half for Zhang is minus 114. And the totals here are a little bit higher side, 39 and a half. But uh, Roderick Van der Sandtrup looks uh, a player who's got problems with his tennis game at the moment. Yeah, it really does. I did think that the, that match against Ema last week in Eastbourne that you talked about there would be a good chance for Botic to get back on track. Um, you know, Ema doesn't have that many weapons. You, you can... You can beat him on grass if you've got a decent, a decent get a big game, which Botic has. But he's he's not he's not applying it at all at the minute. He's only won fifty nine percent of his service points in the last in his last ten matches at main level, and only forty four percent of his second serve points. I did think that, as I say, Ema was a, a good opportunity for him to to get rid of that Munich kind of feeling, which has just lingered for for so long now, hasn't it? You know, it, for anyone that didn't watch that or isn't aware of it, he he had numerous match points, numerous chances to, to win the title. Uh and by his own admission he choked them all away and he hasn't he hasn't won a match since. I think he's only won about I think he's only won two sets in his last five matches. Lost at the French Open as a heavy favourite, minus three forty five favourite to Thiago Augustin Tarante. Um hit sixty two unforced errors in that match, uh Van der Zanskulp. Now if we look at his um service points one and return points one total in his last ten matches, it's ninety eight in his whole break total is 95 these are some very very weak numbers for a player of his ability um so he's he's a guy that's just really down on himself at the minute just you know he doesn't seem to see where the next win is coming from on the opposite side of the coin he's playing a guy in Zhang who who says he loves playing on grass he's a guy i mentioned several weeks ago might do okay this grass wing it didn't it didn't happen for the first two weeks uh, first two tournaments now it started to happen um he beat Lorenzo Sonego and Maxime Cressy on the grass at Eastbourne, which are two excellent results. Um, coached by Lou, uh, Jensen Lou, who's a former Wimbledon quarterfinalist. He's obviously given him some experience, benefit, his, benefit of his experience on the grass. I think this is just a case of two players that are in very different moods at the minute. Zhang is now on the up, having tasted those two really good wins. And van der Zanschup is still very much on a downer. Um so I've taken the underdog here, plus 128, uh, Zhang with Bet Rivers. Yeah, Zhang plus 128, another underdog pick. Would it be a day for the dogs? Be very careful of betting these very, very short price parlays. You know, you put your 10. People look at these matches, see these 159, minus 160 uh, players, put them all in the big parlays, and they, they don't necessarily all win. It might be the thing to do years ago, but now it's probably better to listen to Sean and look at the value. Uh, this was how I used to make money when I was really betting seriously at tennis and when I was trading stuff at the tennis. I used to love games where they would be like minus 136 and plus 110, and the plus 110 was the one I thought should be favourite. And I would try to get the money in for the uh, for the, the favourite and try to get the favourite beat. And, and and I used to bet them and it was very successful. You could have a, you had 100, 20, 100, them days of me sort of doing odds compiling, we had 128 matches and I probably only had an opinion on 10 of them. And I, you know, yeah. I kept, it, kept the, the opinion and just took money on the others and formed the opinion on what what what, what, uh, what different bettors come on and how I respected those bettors in terms of what, what their P&L was. Mm. 
yeah it, it, it is it is difficult when there's so many matches and you can't you can't have an opinion on all 64 matches can you it's well, you're only it's doing half the job I used to do the women I used to do the women's as well 128 can you imagine oh, that god no oh, no and there was no computers in those there was a handwritten you used to no, no competitors nothing you used to have to do it all yourself it was absolute carnage but uh anyway uh we move on. The next match is another one where I see a, a favourite who may have difficulties. And you, you you said about the Zhang and Van der Santrip match, how players are in totally different mindsets and, and form. Same could be said for the next match. Taylor Fritz up against Yannick Hanfman. Taylor Fritz is minus 385 here. I know he's going to be very, very heavy, uh, very popular with the American betters. He's the American number one. Everyone expects him to do well here. But uh, he has had the very, very poor... A grass court campaign. He's up against Yannick Hanferman, who'd reached the quarterfinals on grass in Mallorca. He beat Setsapas and he got beat in the quarterfinal stage. He also beat Felicano Lopez. Quiz question Who's the person who beat Felicano Lopez last ever match? And that was it. It was Yannick Hanferman. And Puri the semis, beat, I think, wasn't it? He got the quarterfinals. He got beaten in the semis by uh, Manorino. Yeah, he got to the uh, semis. Yeah. Yeah, he got to the semis. But uh, he's a heavy favourite here, Fritz, minus 385. I, I think that's a little bit. Uh, a little bit disrespectful for me here. The spread is four and a half. You know, Fritz is going to be involved in lots of matches where there's going to be very tight. So you're not going to win a set six, two or six, three. He's going to win seven, six, seven, five, that kind of thing with his serve. The handicap is four and a half with Hanferman, the underdog plus 105. And the totals are 39 and a half, uh, minus 106 for over and under 39 and a half is minus 121. Yeah. I mean, if I gave you the two sets of stats, of these two players on this current grass season and said, make a price out of this. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have Fritz's favor of, um, by any stretch of the imagination. His grass wing so far has been really, really poor, as you've said, certainly by the standards of, of what he did last injured? year. Do you think grass. he's injured? John? He could, it, possibly. I, I mean, I, you, I you saw him injured. closer up than I, I did. Um, I, well, I, threw, I threw a glass of pims over him. And he hasn't, he hasn't been the same since. I think he might have got a, a cucumber incident on his ankle or something like that. I don't know what it was. He might be allergic he to cucumbers. Well he may well be injured. Because, you know, most of these tennis players are, are carrying some sort of niggle. Um, very few of them are coming into these matches 100% fit. They've, they've always got something um, slightly wrong with them, whether it's enough to to make them lose the match or not. But he, know, played, a lot of, he played a lot of tennis for it in the, in the clay courts swing, didn't he? And he did well. He, he did hot, better than his expectation in the clay course. He did well at the start, and then it went downhill, didn't it? He got to the semis of Monte Carlo, I think, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, and, 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 and I just thought to myself, he may have been burnt out by playing. That, that was a time of year that he shouldn't have been playing as much as he'd done, coming into the, the grass court fresh, getting out in first rounds, first round. But because he did well in the clay court season, it may have affected him here, where he's possibly. got to defend them points. He's, he's going to fall outside the top 16. So I, I, I got the feeling he could be injured, Fritz. Just something about him it just doesn't look right to me. It could be. It could be. It could be off court problem. It could. It could be any number of things. But he's when you look like him and you have got the, the the girlfriend he's got, he can't have many off court problems. Come on, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to look after the baby. You don't know what's going on in his life. Date the dog for a walk. He doesn't have. There could be anything going on in his life. I'm not having Taylor Fritz has got off court problems. Have you seen his girlfriend? Well, couldn't it, couldn't his parents be ill or or oh, yeah, family I'm joking, I'm joking aside. I hope yeah. I don't know. There's nothing more. Could be. That, it, I'm not suggesting that is happening. No, by no, the way, but. You know, there could, anything could be happening in his life at the minute. Who knows? He might be injured. He might just be, might be like, since a pass, he might just have got, you know, a bit, a oh, bit bored nothing. with tennis, you know, something else going on in his life. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. the bottom line is he's failed to win three ma three consecutive matches at any tournament since that Monte, Monte Carlo uh, semi-final run, which was in mid-April. His grass swing, let's have a look at the stats of his grass swing. He's won two and lost three. Um, 
so far. His service points one, return points one total is 101. His service hold and break total is 100. These are very mediocre stats for a player that's in the top 10 in the world. Very mediocre. And Hanfman's got far better stats. I'll, I'll come on to the the reason why these aren't perhaps to be taken at face value in a second. But Hanfman has had his best grass court season to date so far. As you said, made the semis in Mallorca. His service points one, return points one total is 107. And his whole break total is 114. If you were going on that, Hanfman should be about one to six to win this match. But his numbers have been boosted slightly by the fact that he did have a couple of very easy wins over Pedro Cachin, who's not in any way, shape or form a grass court player. And he, he got Lopez, who got nothing left in his 41-year-old legs. It was that, So two very, very easy wins. So those stats are perhaps higher than they should be, but they're still very, very respectable stats, better than by some distance what uh, what Taylor Fritz has done. And of course, he's beaten Sitsipas, Hanfman, this this grass swing. I know it's an out-of-sorts Sitsipas, but Hanfman's not going to care. You know, he's got a top 10 win under his belt within recent days. Um, he also beat Taylor Fritz in Rome. Uh, only like a couple of months ago, I know it's Fritz's not not Fritz's strongest surface clay, but Hanfman beat him in straight sets. So he's there's a lot for Hanfman to be happy about and confident about coming into this match. Um, looking slightly further into Fritz's stats, there's only won 32 and a half percent of return points, um, which leads me on to backing Hanfman on the handicap here. Um, he's held serve, I think eighty, I think it's about eighty eight percent of the time. Um, so far this grass ring, which is pretty much the same as Fritz. But Hansman's doing a lot better on return. Fritz is just doing nothing on return. Um, looking at it more accurately, let's have a look uh, in terms of service points. Um, he's won 10% more second serve points, Hanfman. 6.5% more return points. The service, first service is pretty much the same. So Hanfman with a start of plus 4.5 games. At slight odds against, plus 105. Happy to take that with Bet Rivers. Yeah, like that as well. And and the way that Fritz plays, as I sort of touched on there, he doesn't win sets by wide margin. Seven six, seven five, a couple of seven six, seven six, seven six win. That's kind of win. We cash seven six, seven six, seven five. We cash. I don't think I don't think he's going to be blowing Hamperman away in six one six he's two. So nice. a big improvement, isn't he? On, on what we've seen so far, he was you know he lost in straight sets to McDonald. Um, in Eastbourne, and he had a ton of break chances. I think he had some like 12 break point chances, McDonald, in two sets. Mm. Uh, barely took any of them, but even so, this is a Fritz that's just coming in here, nowhere near the form he was in 12 months ago. No, vulnerable Taylor Fritz favorite, minus 385. So don't be rushing to bet the American number one. We think he's going to struggle here against a very, very accomplished opponent in Yannick Hanferman. He was plus 380, uh, plus 290, maybe a little bit on the uh, money line as well. Small lean there, but the best bet and the official pick for us is on the handicap plus four and a half at plus money. Uh, it does look very good value that. The final match we're going to talk about is the match that I highlighted, actually. I, I looked at the games that matches through, and this is the one that I I wanted to oppose. It's Casper Ruud, the, uh, the French Open finalist, um, clay court specialist, up against Lauren Lockerley. I didn't know anything about Lauren Lockley, to be fair. I had no absolutely nothing about him. I, I he's been around his, a long time, but not he's, done much. He's been around a long time, and he's never played in the grass court tournament until on, on the main level until this week, his qualification. He's, and this year, he's, he's never even given grass a go. But from his stats and from what he's done in qualifying, he looks like he might quite enjoy it, and he's doing okay. And he's up against Casper Ruud. And the reason I wanted to pose Casper Ruud is because I've been following Casper Ruud on Instagram. If you're following Casper Ruud on Instagram, give... Sean and myself a follower as well on our handle at Because We Win. 
But I was following, and he was on. A, he was in a golf course three days ago. In I don't know where it was. He was in the south of France or something. He was on a. I was on a yacht with this his girlfriend, who's stunning supermodel. He's on the yacht. I don't think he's really that bothered about uh, Wimbledon here. And he's minus 455 here. The handicap, the spread is five and a half. Uh, luckily, plus five and a half again, plus money, plus 106. And the totals are 36 and a half, minus 113 for over and minus 113 for under. So you can see where I'm going with this. I want to oppose the Norwegian French Open finalist um, on a surface that he's got a dreadful record on. Only ever won one match here at Wimbledon. Um, I'm, I'm judging the reason you put it in is because you, you want to do the same as well. Yeah, um, correct. I mean, this is, I have the same feeling as you really. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to be that interested in the grass court swing. For me, he takes this kind of month or so on grass as a kind of a, a period of recuperation after the, the big effort that he's put in during his best part of the season, which is the clay swing. Um, and that that's fair enough. You know, if, if that's what he wants to do, that's absolutely fine. There's plenty of players that have done that before and plenty will do it again. Um, he even he's not he's not played a, a single match on grass. He was supposed to play at the Hurlingham Club, which is where um, a lot of the top players they play exhibition matches. They play there and they play the Boodles rather than playing a, a competitive tournament. Um, but he pulled out of the match that he was supposed to play there on Thursday, so he hasn't played at all. One of the posts he put on social media was of him supposedly, in his own words, preparing for Wimbledon, but he was actually playing on a hard court. So. I'm not. I'm not sure that's really good preparation. I suppose it's better than playing in a clay court, but it's not really the same, is it? Um, you know, grass is a very unique surface, and it's not one that Rude has ever really bothered to get to grips with. He's he's three six win loss on grass in his career, um, and he's coming in here against an opponent who's been around a long time, but hasn't really reached anywhere near the sort of top of the game. He's sort of 150, 160. I think he's perhaps his highest ranking. This will be his fifth appearance, uh, round one appearance in a major. And the, the four uh, four previous occasions he's done it, he's gone to either five sets or four sets. He's lost them, but he's he's gone the full distance in, in most of them. Um, in terms of quality, you would expect Casper Ruud to win this match. But as you said, I don't think he's put any preparation into this whatsoever. Um Lockholy will certainly be going absolutely all out for this. This is a great chance for him to get a, potentially get a top 10 win under his belt. I'm not sure he'll has the quality to maybe go the whole way and win the match, but I've taken him plus one and a half sets um, with Bet Rivers here at plus 170. I think that's um, a decent a decent uh, spot there. Rude, I, I just like, yeah, I'm not sure he's up for it. That is one of the prop bets. There's 36 different betting markets that Bet Rivers have on this match. Remember to check out the website, look at the markets there, you just click on there. There's so much of tennis action uh, from Bet Rivers here, and they're really going to town, uh, making all the other bookmakers look. But it's a shame, really, in the American market and what the offers you have here on the tennis at Bet Rivers. Uh, so there it is. There are the five matches. There are the five picks from Sean. Sean, just give us a quick recap of your five picks and uh, and the prices you can get. Yeah, um, the one we just mentioned, uh, Laurent Lacoli. Plus one and a half sets to beat Casper Ruud, plus 270. Yannick Hanfman, plus four and a half games to beat Taylor Fritz at plus 105. Uh, Zhijian Zhang to beat Botic van der Zanskul, but plus 128. Uh, over 12 and a half games in set one of her cash against Ramos, that's a plus 235 chance. And Dennis Novak to beat Raonic, plus 128. 
there you are. Five bets for you to follow. If you haven't watched our show or downloaded the podcast on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the tournament winner, myself and Sean have done a 35-minute podcast where we break down the draw, look at all the quarters, give you our angles, give you our thoughts. Sean has got a 400 to 1 each way pick. I don't know if he's 400 to 1 still now, but he was 400 to 1. I don't think it is now, no. It was, it was 400 to 1 at the time of recording, so please make sure you check that one out. Also, Rory Giovanni has done the same on the women's draw, and he's got three bets on the women's podcast on the first round matches as well. So there's eight matches, eight bets combined on the first round on the men's and the women's draw at the Wimbledon Championships. That starts on Monday, and those matches are played on Monday and Tuesday. This is recorded on Saturday, so you can watch the podcast, listen to the show, whatever you want to do, and you can uh, have your bets on Sunday or on a free day. Break it down, listen to these, and tell your friends. Um, Sean, thank you very much for joining me. Remember, there's four ways you can follow us. Uh, The first way is by downloading that podcast, as I said. Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. We want to get up those podcast charts for Wimbledon. We want to hit the top five. Maybe in the top three, if we can, across America and the UK and Canada as well. Well, you can also uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Bet Rivers Network, and you can follow us on Instagram and on our Twitter account at Because We Win with Sean and I. Uh, do the tennis content as well as some fantastic other sports content from our team across in the States and also here in the UK, looking at European soccer and as well as other stuff all around the globe. Um, Good luck with your bet, Sean. Uh, enjoy your rest yeah. of your weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday to break down the second round matches, hopefully with some ki- tickets that we're going to cash and cash in our back pockets. Take care. Speak to you tomorrow.